0: Welcome to the Hip Hop Minded Professional with me, Joshua Rogers, as the master of ceremonies. If you're interested in knowing how rapping, DJing, breaking, graffiti, and the hip hop culture can positively influence your mindset, then you are in the right place. On this podcast, I speak to various professionals with a background in hip hop and go into how this background influenced their mindset and careers ladies and gentlemen welcome again by the hip-hop minded professional and today i'm sitting with
1: the one and only cic jonathan how's it going today it's uh going well man i'm feeling good um woke up good so yeah how are you feeling actually
0: yeah i'm doing i'm doing good
1: Be- yeah busy day as you uh
0: well we've already had a little chat before this yeah but good uh chat. it's uh, always on the grind grinding 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 independence on the independent side right yeah, yep and and speaking of grinding what is your daily grind look like
1: uh it depends on which day it is but uh let's say on a monday i'm free <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh the other days i work uh for myself i have a own uh multimedia company it started as a record label but now i manage a few video directors photographers Mm -hmm. on i do that on the silent side and artists of course because that's the main focus and i work for the yeah a a publishing company in germany but i run the the netherlands and the benlux it's the number one independent publishing company in germany roba music Mm -hmm. and uh yeah basically let's say when the day starts um i eat <laughs> i take a shower but um no i i my daily grind is when i have the time uh creatively i don't do nothing mm-hmm. i read it start with a book like two three pages and then i go straight to my laptop in cart in quarantine mode I do my, I work my list off and when it's like 6pm, 5pm, I start like working on new music or new concepts or ideas or I just chill, especially now because new music is coming. So I don't want to make new music when you got to enjoy the moment. So it depends always what the situation is and where I'm standing.
0: And how, where did your love for music start?
1: Hmm. Like making music or like just music itself? I say just music itself. I think around the age of five, four, I just received my CDs from uh, my mother. Mm -hmm. And she gave me, and also my aunt, she gave me CDs from Tina Turner. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, this woman... She's crazy, she's wild, the hair. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I like this, and I was watching it a lot. And later on, she gave me uh, Michael Jackson. One year later, his concert in Bucharest, which I'm still watching till this day. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I never saw somebody like move his head to the side and everybody was going well. So yeah, I was like, yeah. who is this, you know? <laughs> and then well, he how, did it how, again. How does he do that? He just <laughs> moves his bass. head and everybody goes crazy. <laughs> and yeah. people pass out and I was like hanging in front of the, the TV and he started making moves and he started singing. I was like, that's where I want to be. And then Eminem and Jay-Z came in the picture. I didn't understand them at all. But with Eminem, it was like, okay, this dude is crazy. Like, all those people in one video, which is him, and saying, what's my name? He's number one. And he raps about a lot of awful shit, and I didn't understand it, but somehow I knew, like, okay, you're, like, the crazy motherfucker that's just saying shit because he wants to. And with Jay-Z, I had something. Oh, he had the cool beats, so... I think it started around there, like at the age five, six, something. Yeah. yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, man. But also, uh, I forgot Otis. Yeah, Otis also. I grew up on Otis as Mm -hmm. well. And I think that those elements of artists, Tina Turner, Michael Jackson, Otis, Eminem, and uh, Jay-Z... Uh, showed me that music is un- is universal and a universal language. Yeah, yeah. And then later on, it started on MTV and TMF. I don't know if you know TMF. Yeah, yeah, I know TMF. Yeah, I was that dude that went home, run to see the Top 40 list and shit. And I wrote back in uh, when I was like 11 or 10, I started writing uh, the lyrics that were in English and Dutch. Yeah, yeah. So... That's how how I fell in love with music. Basically, just the charts and uh, the the things around it, and the yeah, attention, yeah, yeah. the artists. You know, I think uh, their personality also attracted me to to invest my mind and my spirit in music. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so then um, you started to look at okay, I'm
0: gonna start writing music, and <laughs> how how. No, I started uh,
1: around 11. Around 11.
0: And when did you have your first, let's say, your first performance?
1: Damn, I think I was like serious performance or just...
0: That's the one that just popped up in your mind.
1: Okay, the first one was uh, at (laughs) Mm -hmm. mid-school. We had to do a musical... And I I don't know what the name was, but I know the song was like uh go well, the the song is famous and um I don't know if you know that song from Oh Happy Day. Yeah. I had to sing that. So that was like my first time. But like rapping, uh on high school we had to do this um how do you call that? Masterclass. We had to follow a master class with uh with a teacher that was also good in uh rapping many later i forgot I remember his name mm-hmm. and um yeah he basically said like yo you gotta make a rhyme with uh, four people and there were like four black dudes one white dude performing which was me as well in the in the um, in the cafeteria yeah, space yeah. and everybody was like they thought like oh it's cool So I think that was my first performance. But I see better rap also as a performer. So I started better rapping when I was around the age of 14, 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also on school and outside school. And I was like crazy obsessed with it because I brought lyrics to school every day. And I showed them like, look what I got, look what I got. I can actually text those guys and ask them. Like, it's like really the truth. And I think... That's also performing. So let's say around the age of 11, 12, 13, started really serious. Performing. And if... Um, but like serious, my first pay performance is like around 19 or something, 18, something like that. And out of those
0: performances, which one, let's say, gave you the most butterflies in your stomach that you're like
1: oh like as in enthusiastic or
0: yeah enthusiastic or nervousness
1: I think the one in the cafeteria because she was like you gotta perform <laughs> yeah, at school yeah. you everybody you know a few people that are older than you younger than you and everybody's watching so and I was also not like dressed on my be in my best clothes, you know. Yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. in fucking mid school, so I think that one. But like a serious performance, I think um I think my first show in Rotterdam, nah nah. The one no not Germany. Germany I was also nervous. I think yeah i think it was in the netherlands and rather than when i had to perform with other cats from the neighborhood and yeah 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 because there was like you know the those guys are also lyrical and good and they had the audience and they were rapping in dutch and my english wasn't that good yet so i was nervous about oh will i remember the lyrics or yeah yeah will yeah. I will the dj and fuck it up all those things and you know we always killed it but sometimes we did slip but <laughs> we you know i had my moments but around that time i think i was 19 or 20 yeah around that time i was like nervous so
0: and, and did you uh, did you also start writing in dutch first and then transfer to english or did you always write in well, english
1: for let's say for for yourself uh i started in dutch but let's say i started i will explain you the story first yep. i was like 11 i was like dissing this uh, little girl called melanie and uh we actually don't drop names but i hope she sees this one day because she knows and everybody knows because we were like in mid-school and i think you remember those days when people said but who said that i said that you said it and everybody said oh yeah, 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 yeah i felt disrespected so i went home before christmas and i started writing. It was like my first rhyme that I ever wrote about her, body, everything, just, and I went to school and I said to everybody in the class, yo, I got something to show to everybody in the class in, in, in the lunch break. So we went outside and I started rapping what was on the paper. And everybody was like, oh shit, amazing, wow. And I was like grounded for two or three months. (laughs) So then I was like, okay, I can do something. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) But I had to be punished. But Loki, you you have to imagine it was like the most scariest thing because I had like this whole 16 under my bed. I went to bed and I was like nervous as fuck because I knew already I'm about... I'm either gonna gonna get kicked out of yeah. school, <laughs> or I just gonna get be punched by my parents. It's yeah. one. It's one the One of it. the two. So um, at that moment, I was like nervous, and I later on when I was 16, fast forward, because we didn't do serious shit with the Dutch thing. It was like hanging around, recording, yeah, yeah. dropping it on the hives. So when I went to late mid school which is SDC College. Mm-hmm. Uh, I studied there for two years, and I met my old buddy from high school. He's like, yo, I know you can rap, but he wasn't starting making beats. He said to me, start making it, doing it in English. And I was 17. Yeah, I was 17. I'm like, yeah, cool. So my English was terrible. Like, the first thing I picked up as a book was shakespeare like the most (laughs) stupidest
0: so you're gonna you're you're gonna my my english is terrible you know what i'm
1: just gonna grab shakespeare old (laughs) english
0: and (laughs) yeah
1: so we started recording with a with a mic from 90 euros a laptop that went on and off every 30 minutes we had no money we had we had nothing we only had that so we already knew he was like obsessed with wu-tang and all that shit the old og web mm-hmm, shit mm-hmm. and I, I, as well but i also knew about the new cats like a uh, mac miller or asap yeah yeah when it was new to us, uh, so i was listening to that and other shit and i started making my own shit and we downloaded some youtube beats and i made a tape and i dropped it on soundcloud he deleted it three times out of jealousy so I was like fuck you, I'm going to pay a studio and do it myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um then I also met some other cats that are doing well right now and uh from that moment on I knew like hey, this something I want to die for or something. I want to prove that yeah, I'm yeah. N- not only do, like a good rapper but also an artist. So I dropped my first tape in 2015, 14, no, 15. Yeah, it was terrible as fuck. <laughs> Even the cover, the release dates. Then my second tape was coming. I was dropping singles before that, and I already sent it my first tape through a best friend of mine who's dead mm-hmm. right now. Uh, She had connections in the U.S. and all that. She's like, you got to connect this one, this one. She was like low-key managing me. And uh, so I was sending it to U- artists from the U.S., And they fucked with it. And I started uh, making my second tape with producers from uh, Sweden, all that shit. And it took me two years to get it done because it was like, I wasn't happy with who I was and what what, what happened and Mm -hmm. what I was making. So I wrote about it. And fast forward, uh, I met again, amazing people in the industry. And I started studying at the Hermann Brood College when I dropped my mixtape. And then uh, I was in the industry at that point because I had to open up for... for, Oh, fuck. I hate this shit. (laughs) Can we cut that out? (laughs) I'm going to close this phone. Sorry, man. Because this dude, man... It's funny, actually, whatever. But sorry about that. But uh, where was I? I was at... um, Beginning industry. Yeah, I was in the beginning of industry. I started opening up for major artists. Uh, and then from major Dutch artists. And then uh, people st- like labels. I was spamming labels and they were like watching me and following people that were around me. And I had a small team and I broke up and I was working on my third tape, which was what the universe fears, which is two years ago. I dropped that one year ago. It's now, yeah, what's, yeah, it's one year ago that I dropped that. And now we're here and uh, I got this, I think the best EP of the year right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, like music-wise, production-wise, marketing-wise, it's timeless especially in this pandemic and uh sorry for the long story but i had to like explain you my timeline <laughs> yeah 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 because yeah, yeah. i'm 25 right now and uh what i learned also in the, in all those years is that you got to be patient a lot of moments yeah. i wasn't patient and i fucked it up because i wasn't patient and i think a lot of artists have especially younger artists have problems with that like jay-z dropped his first album when he was twenty six, you know, and that's like an age where people say, "Are oh, you too old?" Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. that's what all the labels said, and he didn't listen. and He kept being patient, and Biggie already said he's the he's the next guy, and everybody in New York was like, "No, no, no." But now he he has shown he's the he is the best MC that probably ever lived, and uh, I think people like Anderson Park too. I look up to those artists right now because they make timeless music they got uh, a personality and they are also patient cuz Anissa Park was signed at the age of 33 so and i don't want to get signed only if it's like the top 3 or something but uh i noticed that in all those years that patience was like my biggest lesson like yeah, from yeah. like waiting on features waiting on the mix engineer waiting on like yo and and and
0: Take us then back to there because now you have the lessons of okay. You know, patience is key. Mm-hmm. But but how did you how did you cope with it then? I mean what, what, what was your mindset then when you were at let's say at the at, at the beginning
1: Shit, you asked me something mm-hmm. uh deep well my mindset um That's funny because the name of the label was Free to Live. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I was like a little bit a rebel. I was against still this day. Like uh, I was not dancing with the devil. I was like kicking him like because I didn't like the rules. I didn't like the law. But now I'm like, um, I don't know how to say it. But now I'm like more working with them, because I understand it now. I'm older and I'm wiser and I know that not everything is bad or good it's just meant to be or it's there for a reason mm-hmm. but back then it was like man we're gonna drop a song tomorrow or next week <laughs> let's record yeah man let's record and it was like trash and but back then i thought like whoa shit 600 views i'm the shit right now man yeah yeah i can do everything like till this day i got the same mentality i'm still hungry i'm still passionate but I was more a rebel i was uh, uh you know not busy with the things that i have now like i have a house now i'm 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 more grown now you know like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i wanna buy a new couch like you did <laughs> 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 you know back then it was about t- chilling showing up people that they're weak as fuck and that we are the best and yeah. it wasn't even cool to be a rapper so now it's the cool thing like yeah, yeah, 2014 right. 15 it was like uh, oh he's a rapper as like for example i had a show in uh our studio and i saw an old colleague where i was uh an intern in her company mm-hmm. and she came in the show and she saw me and she was laughing all the way because she couldn't believe it she saw me rapping I thought by myself, one day you're going to regret that you was laughing, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? So back then we didn't care. We didn't, I didn't, I didn't have no plan. The people around me didn't either. But now let's say in th- three or two years, I started being more organized and being more business uh, strategic-minded. uh, minded. I started being more open, mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. close to things because so, I was always open. So, um, I met a lot of people also from, uh, from different countries, uh, showcases, uh, you know, you, you're going to learn more. The older you get as an artist, Yeah, yeah. the, the more you're going to learn and be aware of people, their intentions also in the industry. Cause in the beginning you thought, oh, everybody's my friend and you can hang with them. It's not like that to them. It's like, you're going to pay them. It's business. So. Now I got the same mindset, which is a good thing, but also a fucked up thing because people, you know, gonna see you as the devil if you're gonna sign artists under on, on you. But I'm like, I'm not the devil. I'm just making mails for this artist yeah. to be successful, you know? So, and I understand a beginning artist as well. So when I sign somebody that nobody knows and I'm confident about it, yeah, yeah, then I know I like i made a good bet because i always that's my autism and uh you know i'm more i'm more mature in things you know i don't i don't like even in my writing process i don't uh like back in the days i wrote on a beat Mm -hmm. and i recorded it and i was like okay i gotta change this this now i'm like i want to be in the studio and make the song i don't want to be in my room Write right on the beat yeah. only if i find a beat on youtube that's hard and i can say to the producer i want to buy it exclusively but other than that i don't write anymore and uh, that's
0: as much and if you take because you do a lot of sides of the music mm-hmm. how how did you go from let's say only doing the the music side let's say the rap side yeah. to expanding and doing management uh, looking at publishing how 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 did that go uh
1: connections the internet and being myself is the short answer but the long answer was more like i started like i said it wasn't cool to be an artist it wasn't cool to be independent so no label wanted me they all Mm -hmm. responded like yo you good But you're not there with my first tape. And I was like, how can it not sign me? How is that possible? You hear these lyrics? (laughs) Do you hear that? (laughs) My last boy, I was like, they're like, yeah, he's too smart. My mixtape came, shame, shit. My third tape came, uh, I didn't pay attention anymore. And now my fourth tape is there and it's coming. And they're like, oh, shit, we got to watch this, dude. And uh, it started with also with the passion because... I was also one of the first guys around my circle that I had a song on Spotify. And they're like, what? You're on Spotify? How did you do that? Yeah, yeah. In 2015, yeah. And I, and, um, and I own my master's as well still with True CD Baby. And I saw it through YouTube, actually. I didn't do anything else than go on YouTube. and like, oh, that's how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, uh, also like into the rap game and the business game like Loki I was watching Dame Dash early as well and he spoke about independence a lot and uh, like fast forward I went to before I went to uh, the Hammond College I was watching him a lot then I saw on the left on the right things about labels, how record deals work, publishing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, damn, I didn't pay mind to publishing yet only the record labels and I was like obsessed with it. I was like watching artists on YouTube on the interviews or the business side or the A&R from this label in fucking Asia and it's like, yeah. has like 400 views and it was like one hour long. I was watching those things and I was like, okay, I gotta do it myself, you know, I understand it. But I wasn't like, Progressively, making steps in it. I was like doing it for free. I was managing artists for free, and mm-hmm. um I liked it. I liked. It. I like. I like to help other people. You know. Yeah, yeah. That was also a thing because you got good artists out here that make music in English, but they are not that known, or they don't yeah, know how yeah. to get there. So that was like fuck it. I'm gonna manage y'all. I'm gonna help y'all. You know. And and I was already good friends with two of those artists. And then I went to the professional school and the gap started becoming bigger because they wanted to do their own thing and I want to do my thing and we stay cool. And I met new artists. I met them on school and I was like, okay, y'all some serious cats, but nobody knows y'all. And I had a small team mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. people and they said, yeah, you got to manage him, blah, blah. And I succeeded in that too. And so I always knew, like, uh, also because uh, of my passion, like, uh, and also the interviews that I saw, I looked up to Jimmy Iovine and Rick Rubin a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, Fifty Cent is cool, but Jimmy Iovine, Dr. Dre is cooler. He's yeah, the label yeah, owner, you yeah. know." And I was like, "Oh shit, Dr. Dre is cool, but goddamn, Jimmy Iovine is cooler." So then I was, it went like that. And then I was reading, like, checking their interviews because everybody said to me, like, yo, you're not a rapper, you're you're a good artist manager at A&R. And my goal wasn't to be the A&R manager. My goal was to start my own label and build that shit up with another major label, you know? So with that mindset, I went through every show, every business meeting, like, I'm the fucking best and I got the best team and uh, and like that I started meeting people like cause they see oh he's passionate and he's still Yeah. I'm also a guy that's quiet for one year I used to be quiet for two years now I do because the algorithm game changed on Spotify I make I drop music every year this time and Every time I was quiet, everybody was like, oh, he's done now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, But every time I come back, I always become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's why I tell my artists as well, we can do this together. And I can show you all the things to get there and Mm -hmm, to tell mm -hmm. you my mistake as an artist. Because I can see both sides now from a manager and an artist. So, and uh, again, why I wanted to do the business side is because I see a lot of managers and A&R managers in the game uh, that didn't make a record, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that never made a song, never wrote a song, and they decide what's gonna be hot or what's gonna release. Some are good at it, yeah, yeah, but some are like trash. And if like if I look at the rosters, like I-, I see real talent, yeah, yeah, and I think like we have to go back to the '60s. That was always my mentality, like. I already work with talent. Then work with somebody that everybody likes. Cause yeah, maybe, yeah, 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 And then push that and then put money on it. Cause it's not even about the streams. Or to me, it was never about the streams. It was never about being that new business guy. It was about really exposing real art. Yeah, yeah. And make money off that. So I already make money on. Artistic music that's done with the soul and the mindset, this uh, independently of this comes from the heart, Mm -hmm. then put a whole machine behind it and make a false story of the artist and then push it. You know, I'm like, it's, I've always been that dude. And uh, I remember I had a meeting at the major publisher when I had my single First Love was out. She's like, yo, I want to invite you. I'm like, oh shit, it's a major publisher, some big thing. So I went to uh, to their office, and she was like, oh, what if I sign your artist and this artist? Because I had a lot of females that can sing good, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I and I didn't understand the business. So I said like, well, then I also want to (laughs) cut. And she's like, you got a lot to learn, you know, but your shit is good. So, and they always told me keep pushing, you know, keep going. Don't stop, and every time I heard that, it was like a small motivation because sometimes I felt like I gotta quit, man. Cause yeah, yeah. I don't, it's some bullshit, you know. Where I'm doing for? I'm investing that much and I'm not seeing it back, and I was like pissed off, and that was like a weirdest moment. And then the EP came out and I was all the way back. I was like, okay, I gotta rebrand myself, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's what uh uh, what's what's going on right what's going on right now is that everything is like on its place um i got the publishing side is more my job but Mm -hmm. as an artist and and my own label and management company is going well i can't complain and uh in corona at least it's doing well yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um in corona times but it's like right now i'm also looking into new markets like the movie industry because okay. i already working in that i can't say exactly what but something big mm-hmm. and my ambition my real ambition is actually to start a restaurant and uh, and like i started music to get in other businesses yeah yeah. and just to see what's you know because i don't think music music was a purpose of mine to see the other purposes because music mm. have learned me the business game the the mentality the how the world actually is the world is a cold a cold place and i saw it in the music industry yeah uh, yeah you know because behind the scenes there's a lot of shit going on that you don't that people even don't want to know and that's also how the world is working you know like uh we're living in a world where we have our you know our p's and q's and our benefits and our, things that not benefit us, and people controlling it. But the people that controlling it, they also going through a hard time or hard business negotiation, yeah, yeah. and we don't see that, you know. So, I always went into this industry with, "Hey, I can do one thing because it will." keep me in there and that's what mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. always said to me you got to do one thing you got to do one thing yeah, else yeah. you will fo- and they were right about some certain points but now it's the pandemic if you was focused on one thing and your shit is not moving in the pandemic then you got to search for another thing yeah, yeah yeah and it's harder to do that in the pandemic so thank god i was doing uh, I was understanding the video editing game. Yeah. Thank God I was understanding the music game, the the publishing game, the label game, the art game, and the movie game, you know? Because those are six streams of... I don't say... Also, the marketing side. Sorry, I forgot the marketing side. Seven. But I don't make money of all seven, but I make money of all three. And I yeah. think, yeah. Uh, especially for the culture, people in artists and for people in the culture need to focus on that, doing two or three things at a time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cause you're going to learn a lot of mistakes. You're new at some businesses. And I like to challenge myself. Yeah. If I stayed in the music rap game, it's the same process. Process writing, record, mix. And before that, or between that, you think about marketing, a uh, pre-release campaign, release, you know, and i already understood that it's like repeating the same cycle but around that there's a whole business yeah yeah like the publishing business oh so i went there like okay what's going on over there oh that's cool uh i like it and then the record business i didn't really like it and you got the 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 photographers i'm like i'm trying i always adapt to the people that I work with, like, yeah. how's the camera working? What's this lens? Okay. Yeah. Right. So if you take a white camera, it's going to look like this. And do you edit in this or that? Or, like, also produce. I don't produce. I can produce, but I don't because that's too much. <laughs> and mixing, I don't do that either. I mixed one song once, but I don't want to look like Rust, like the one person oh I mixed mastered and produced my shit and I went platinum I don't wanna be that guy and, and I'd rather be that guy that you know became the, that created a name and then yeah. created a bigger name for others and uh like Jiggy J something like that. And
0: and you have like a like a lot a lot of creativity and you just you leave it you leave it branch out. Mm-hmm. Did you always had that from from young? That you were uh, already looking let's say on a, that you were already very creative but also looking at different things or did that develop over time while you were in the industry
1: mm i think in the industry cuz when i was young i was a soccer freak uh, game freak and when i became 13 everything changed you know you're i'm still that soccer freak but uh I also played soccer, and I swimmed, but I wasn't focused on anything else. I was, like, focused on school, mm-hmm. like the normal stuff you do as a kid. Like You focus on school. Sometimes you hang around with your friends. And that was also a thing. Like, my friends, some friends that I had around me, they were focused on getting that house job, which is a good thing a cool thing. To me, it wasn't that thing. Also, when I was in school, like... People, uh, having a degree is good, you know, but to me it was like when I became older, especially Mm -hmm. this age, I want to create a company that my kids' kids can work in or be an intern and they create, create their freedom. They don't have to do it at my company. They, at least they got to be an earth intern and see both sides, like a nine-to-five and an independent job, you know? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been on the nine-to-five as an intern, sitting behind a desk six, seven months long, from 8 a.m. till 5 p.m., talking about, you know, it wasn't me. So I didn't accept that. And my parents were like, how can not? That. And, you gotta, and did you do that while being an artist yeah 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 and at some point some people i remember my very first song that i recorded i had the internship i went to uh, ariana's a good friend of mine and i showed her the song at uh, the subway station she was like it's a begin but you're good and i was like oh this trash but okay if you say so and you know, I was also dressed different. I had like I was like dressed in a way how you get in in into the office. So yeah, that's yeah. already the mind fuck that I had. Like, oh, I gotta be like dead and talk, and you know. But all those people are complaining about the water bills, about their about their rent, or about shit that even that has to do with them. Like, I don't want to be sixty and, six, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I was like. My dream was like I still got it on my background. I don't know if you can see it. it was this one uh wait, I'm gonna show you that I changed it in two thousand nineteen, but this was like around two thousand and fifteen it was on my background like that was like my oh ah, yeah, so you had your 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 let's let's let's
0: call it your your affirmation. That's a background. This is this is the goal. This is what I'm gonna do.
1: Yeah, and when I had like my show in Miami, I finally met one of those A and R's from those labels. I'm like this can like not be coincidence, you know? So and I still I'm in touch with one of those A and R's and I was like, Okay, cool. You know, it's actually possible and this year actually I, I will do a show in LA, Italy, Turkey and France and It all got cut
0: off. How how, I mean, we heard your process. Yeah. But for your feeling, how quick did it go from, let's say, doing local shows to then doing international shows?
1: Mm. Let's think about it. Mm. Two years, one year, something like that. Yeah, two years. I did my first show in Germany. I did two shows in Germany. One was for free, and the mm-hmm. other one was paid. But the first one that we did for free was the first show, and people couldn't believe, like, how did it got in Germany? My yeah, uh, mixtape exactly. wasn't even out. So I went there, and uh, for me, it was actually a rematch because the previous show, Rotterdam, went was like I organized it, a mini festival mm-hmm. in a mass podium. And there were like some side things that didn't go well like business wise and i was like very depressed about it for three or four days yeah yeah and my homie said like we're gonna take them we're gonna we're gonna set this riding journey i'm like hell yeah so we went there six hour drive in the mountains people were like watching us crazy because they saw us riding on the on the the how do you call that on why the road where the bikers drive yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were riding on that accidentally and they were like oh Dutch people it's crazy. <laughs> so we came there like already weird and like uh we we and oh yeah, the the headliner was gone. It was a fa- famous headliner. So they told me like last minute you gotta take his place. I'm like what? <laughs> so I went there and you got like two stages. Mine was like a bit empty, and the other was full. So all those people came slowly to my station. Was yeah. like, oh shit! And then people came after the show, like, you're dope, you're hard. You gotta remember that. I'm like, huh? Can I have your T-shirt? I'm like, that was the moment of confidence, because in the Netherlands, people didn't move, so they didn't bounce and were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In in in, in, in the in, corners, in, yeah. This is my squad. This is in Germany. Watching. Everybody was like turning up and like fucking with each other. And then I did a second show the same night on the same stage. And it was packed. And everybody was like, oh, you dope. You got to work, blah, blah, blah. Then my show in Belgium, same thing. It wasn't big. uh, But I met an artist, Chelsea Reject. She had a show there. She uh, she worked with a lot of artists that we know, like uh, CJ Fly from Joey Bettis' label, all that shit. So I met her there and I did my show and also people came there to me like yo we gotta work shit is dope and it was a big show and then i did my show in austria still gotta find those pictures and uh, videos and uh also i also opened up in the netherlands for big u.s artists so like dizzy right uh reverie from the west coast so those things like Gave me a lot of confidence because like, yo, people know my name now through these shows. And even till this day, I got diehard fans in Germany, probably 13 or 14. They're now 90 years old. Mm -hmm. When I had that show, they were 15. They were like kids. So now they're older and they're still fucking with my music. They're actually growing with me. So, And unconsciously, I made music that they can relate to so yeah, yeah to me it's like a blessing you know uh, and and uh how quick uh, it, let's say two years i have my international shows okay, okay. yeah and if you um
0: because you have uh, you know both sides let's say the artist side mm-hmm. and what's going on in the background mm-hmm. if you uh, look at both sides mm-hmm. which one do you think for, for for you feels
1: more difficult to do more challenging in the business of course because there's always obstacles my last one was uh my last one was tough I had, like we had a online writers camp a big one because mm-hmm. we actually had to do that in berlin but with corona it got canceled so we had set all writers from la germany all over the world so i had also my you know my setup of artists that i scouted from the uk and uh, I brought one of them in a session uh, with other producers and artists that wrote for major old artists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he gave them the song. It was his song. And they only put a percussion on it, the other people from LA, on the song. On the, Let's say the guy from the UK had a song yeah. and he gave it to the LA guys. Or no, no they made the song together. And they were like, yeah, we're going to change things. They didn't change anything. And they are like, like asking for a big percentage. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the artist was like, I made the song. They didn't do shit. Anyone. So I was like, I'm good friends with this dude, but those motherfuckers are making millions, you know? So I was like, shit. And they you're going to listen to your team. Your team is uh, it's, it's complicated, you know, because business is business, yeah, you know? Yeah. And you got to stay cool. But I also learned to be cool, you know, which is a good thing and a bad thing. But at the same time, uh, I think the business side is hard. The artist side to me is also hard, but not harder. Because I know with the age, the older that I get, the more the subjects are going to change. Like J. Cole said, when you're third or Eminem, he said, you're going to make your best music when you're in your 30s. Because you have experienced everything, you have seen everything death, uh, life, uh, uh, ob- obstacles. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you're gonna write more about that, and the younger people will relate to it. Right now, I'm working on my debut album. It's my first album as well as the five tapes. Mm-hmm. And the hardest thing to me was because my last four tapes I made with my best friend, she had like a list of you're gonna drop this, then and that, 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 that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I have to do now now I have to pick pick that shit up by my own. Yeah. Now I have to choose like do I gonna call the album like this and make a party concept or gonna do a or am I gonna make a conscious album? Yeah. This is your first fucking album. And you're gonna start with the mood board from your album, the branding, the the color and I'm like, yo this is hard because i'm talking some real shit yeah yeah. but if i do that i actually restart the cycle that i started six five years ago now people know a little bit my name day by day more and more Mm-mm. so let's do this you know and i think that's the hardest challenge right now to make the right music because it's going to be a big first album and yeah, yeah. uh i don't want to that's why i also waited with making the album i first said we're gonna make these tapes make our mistakes and see how it works and what works for me yeah and then we're gonna make an album because now i know what people like also when i look at the st- at the at the stats and yeah yeah at my shows the songs that i did and we're gonna put that up, the the best songs on top and the worst on like all those things. Yeah. So that's not hard for me. It's all calculated. But the business is never calculated. You never know who has the agenda. You never know. It's like the Godfather. You know, it's my favorite movie. You always know who's the snake or who not. And I always heard rappers talking about it, like, um, "Hate hey, is this, snakes Dead. I never understood it until I came into the business. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then you started to ex- experience
1: it. Yeah. yeah, man. Like uh yeah. Yeah, I experienced a lot of good and bad things, you know. And also things that people don't even know. But like uh I'm a capricorn, so Jeff Bezos is, like, my spirit animal, (laughs) but I'm not like him, but when it comes to business, like, I can be tough when it's, like, when somebody does bad business business to me, I'm gonna be bad to you. When I'm a good person, you're a good person, you're gonna get good shit. It's like, it's, it's like ABC, so... Uh, it's like yin and yang and 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 i think i'm more focused on on uh you know that's an og from uh sony G friends is also a good story that was actually the first big record on my label uh sony ATV friends like holla at me and when i was hollered at me when i was like 19 or 20 mm-hmm. and they said like yo we want to release a record with your label because it looks big i only had a website it looked good, you know, so, okay, it was like, okay, let's do this, so one year later, we released the record, and it went, it went well, I had, like, 100,000 streams in seven, six months, so for me, that's an accomplishment, Yeah, yeah. and it was from Sony ATV, five years under my label and publishing, so, it was, like, the first big thing, and uh this person i met him in the netherlands because he liked how, how passionate i was we met him in the studio and he said like the good people will survive longer in this music industry the bad people won't last if you look at chick knight he's bad he didn't last probably two years two years run with a 200 million dollar company devro records that didn't last long then we got like six nights that like he didn't last long. He's also to me a bad, you know, person. But if you look at the business, like Leo Cohen, I think he's an amazing person. That's just, like a complicated thing. I can look up to him somehow, but somehow I can't because mm-hmm. he's there for the cash and he has those things in paper yeah, 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 that yeah. the artist don't doesn't see. I see those right now, but the most of these artists don't see it. They just sign. And go ahead. yeah, because you have to think, an artist is very big in his ego and or in her ego, and I think if an artist is aware of that, which most artists don't have, they will grow and be more pay more mm-hmm. attention to the business yeah, side because yeah, they're yeah. only focused on the creative side. So, yeah. to me, it was like, okay, yeah, business is fun. But at the same time, I I like it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But at the same time, it's like, shit, this is a tough business. Because you really got to to make those mouths. I remember at one of my songwriters, we had a session with two major songwriters Mm -hmm. that wrote for Jennifer Lopez. And they canceled it because they said they had a, a different meeting. But I said, that's bullshit. You canceled the meeting on the very last minute. Yeah, yeah you thought she didn't look into the artists She's like oh i don't know her she never got playlists fuck it i always had those artists until they got playlisted everybody started fucking with them yeah 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 and that's what now the soccer game works how the world works but it's annoying me right now and at some point i was like fuck it i'm gonna do my own shit i understand the business the artist side let me build that up yeah 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 And keep it in balance, you know. Because and
0: keep it in balance. Yeah. And if you you look at let's say let's say let's (laughs) say balance and life lessons. Yeah. What are the um, what are your top four life lessons you would pass on to another person?
1: Damn, (laughs) you always let me think. Uh, Which is good. Four life lessons. Yeah, number four, be humble. Mm -hmm. Because when I had my show in Miami, I met Sonny Digital, and we also spoke, and we're still talking. But this dude, he can be your neighbor. He made Stargazing for Stare Scott. He made shit for Beyonce, every XXL Cypher, records for 50 Cent, Future Drake. Like, his track record, this zombie, he's even the GOAT, you know, he's the mentor of Metro Booming. So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I didn't know who he was, but when I came there, I was like, oh, you're Sonny. And he was, like, cool. He wasn't, like, out of, he wasn't, like, in the air how most artists are, you know, like, I'm the best. Nah, he was chilling, and he has some crazy uh, money on the bank, but (laughs) I was, like, shocked, because... Like, damn, you can't be my neighbor. He was like like you. He was yeah, like yeah. all calm, positive. He also has a child. So I think that makes the difference. And he's young, you know. And for somebody that's 27 and accomplished that shit early, even like his production level was on point, but he always stayed humble. It's from what I saw when I analyzed him. Yeah. And the third one, be patient. Because patience is key and it's everything that, um, you know, will give you what you want, even if you have a hard time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's always, like how Bob Marley said, there's always sun on the end of, uh, there's always sunshine after rain, you know? And I think that was also one of my biggest lessons. Number two, uh, be consistent Mm -hmm. in what you do even if it takes you one year or two years to do it. Because consistency brings people, surprises people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And number one, (sighs) goddamn. Uh, Be authentic and be you. Okay, yeah. I think when I chased... My my first tape, I was watching too much East Coast, new East Coast artists. My second tape, also. My third tape, I was looking up to G Easy, but I didn't like check their style. But I was heavy influenced by it unconsciously. I was doing the same shit. This EP, I did it. It's my own shit, my own sound. And um, other than that. Other than the music, also in life, when you're at school, you see, or at work, you see the same people, you know, same mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wasn't that dude. And that's why people came to me like, yeah, Yo, you're yeah. different. And I think being different is cool. Back in the days, it wasn't cool. I chilled with everybody, like skaters, emos, ga- gangsters, thugs, uh, single baby mama, mama still this day you know i don't look at what your background is or who you are or what you represent no i look at who, how you behave and your principles and yeah, yeah. you know because we are both humans and we can talk and just have a great time so yeah yeah, yeah exactly. i think uh being authentic brought me those people from different corners
0: yeah 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 all said right, nice. let's some, some some uh, some good lessons.
1: Same thing in Miami. I was trying to be this West Coast dude and everybody was like, you're not from the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> you're just a European guy. I was god damn it. Every yeah. time I threw up some gang signs. And at some point, they liked me more as the Dutch guy. Just being, not the Dutch guy, but just being me yeah. from the Netherlands and being that guy that can hang around with everybody and that's nice because I'm not a bad person at all that's what people see uh, when they see, that's the first thing that what they will see like, oh, he's like what you said, he's a chill guy to yeah. hang around with, you know, yeah. I, I can't hate him. So, I think being authentic and also be weird, I'm weird actually, <laughs> I'm not authentic, <laughs> I'm weird, but uh, not a weirdo, but I'm weird in my choices and in the things that I do, like, also with release marketing or just everything around my around me, even like the people that I hang with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are not the people you expect me to hang with, and yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, I think as long I I'm keeping that, I will still be in a good position in life. So yeah, uh, nice, nice. Yeah, nice. trying to find the right words. Trying to find. <laughs> But yeah man yeah, but
0: th- but that that's that's i think that's a, a nice way also to to round it off mm-hmm. and if people are uh looking to check your music check you out where all can they find you find your artist what all platforms drop all of the i'm gonna <laughs> put i'm gonna put the links in the show <laughs> comments anyway but yeah. you know while they're listening they can
1: quickly check on their phones. Uh my Instagram is Cookson is C repeat C because people like to write Coxon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Instagram.com slash Cookson. And then you got my Twitter, it's the same shit. Uh, Facebook, I'm not that active on my artist page, but my company page is active, which is unlimited vision kingdom and then you will find me and tiktok as well cookson uh i don't do snapchat (laughs) Uh, spotify it's cic which stands for cookson's inner chain uh so cic vivo you'll find me on youtube unlimited vision records is the label and uh yeah that's how you will find me all right uh,
0: thank you for coming
1: yeah, thank you for your time, man. I actually hope that we could talk about one more subject.
0: Oh, what, which, uh, which, 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 which subject you have?
1: Like, always, the, you was your top five favorite. Oh no, top five best MC alive, dead, dead or alive.
0: Top five best MCs, dead or alive. Yeah. Uh Oh man. Um. The top five best MCs, dead or alive, and I'm gonna my top five does not. It's just a top five that I feel and doesn't per- specifically have to do with, let's say, rhyme schemes, double entendres, lyrics, yeah. edit, no, the top five it that It doesn't I've, matter which order. Yeah. And, and Older the Bastard. If it wasn't for that guy, I probably would n- not be listening to uh, to hip-hop as I listen to now. in Um Let's say, well, yeah. Can't have a top five list and not have Jay-Z on it. That's that's sounds that's, so good sound good so uh, far <laughs> Um, who else do I check for on a regular basis um, I have like a lot of I'm gonna go with I'm gonna throw Kendrick in there because um, for for one of the let's say um, for me and you guys, I'm, I'm I'm like I'm almost stuck in the old school. You know that uh, he really puts uh, puts his stamp on, and he actually you know actually actually look and check for him. Yeah. So then we got three. We got two more to go. Oh man. Um, hmm. Biggie and Tupac
1: are out of this
0: league, so. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna. That's like every. That's everybody's standard yeah. answer. That's. I, I. Yeah, Biggie and <laughs> Tupac. I, I can. I can, that, that. can easily run it off. Yeah, yeah Biggie. That's number four. But. Um, I'm so scared. But um. Uh, uh, oh man, I have two more to go, and I'm gonna switch it up. Back in the day, I would only come up with English artists but this time I'm gonna um, I'm gonna throw um a, at least one Dutch artist in there and mm-hmm. and um I might I'm I'm juggling between two and that's because I'm um I'm real critical and the the I just started listening to the Dutch let's say scene and then I was like oh man this is you know these guys really grab me, mm-hmm. and that I would say you know like for anyone just check them, and then one is Atcha, Dope. definitely check that guy and he's hard. he's hard, and just because he's so underrated and not much people check for the guy, Arbijan. It's, this is. Eight, I thought uh, you would say Nas. God no, damn, no. Nas. I said. I said. Uh, R- see, Nas R- ain't R- in the top five. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put it's because I don't. I'm looking at what I really check for now, and Nas has a, a bunch. Of eight, everyone knows the guy has skill.
1: Bro, uh, I had arguments with a hundred Nas I put one comment. I said Nas ain't even in my top hundred.
0: Oh, I'm gonna disagree with you. Or there. in my top 50,
1: or top 100. I, he gonna... has one good album with Damian Marley and one good song. Ain't It ain't hard and, to tell. You know the, why? And
0: this is what I'm. Jay. It, I, look, I. It's not I really easy, grew...
1: Biggie or Puck. It's no. just nonsense. He made his first album offbeat. So he didn't have a beat. They put the beat under his album. Okay, cool. But I can hear like when somebody raps on the beat or when they put a beat under it. Uh, uh, with his shit, I didn't hurt it, you know, which was good. But then I listened. I tried to listen to the album. I did it seven or eight times. I can't listen to it. I think.
0: I think. It's and then boring. then I then I think it has to do with <laughs> with uh, with crazy. with the difference in in time. I mean, I no, I, I can listen to I listen to. That's And I think I had this. Talk with someone uh, recently that you, um, when you listen to maybe music for the first time, it's mm. it's or at a certain point in time in life it gets cemented, and that's what makes it great for that period in time called nostalgia. Bro, and did, for when I
1: was eleven, I had the nice Nas album. I listened. I couldn't listen. I, the only I, song that was I, hard was Ain't Hard to
0: Tell. Now nah, for 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 for. For Nars, I I would still say Nars is still one of the greats. Just for the this, the I I can hear. Let's say what he did back then, mm. what for influence it has now, and even if you would say like now, okay, people might not really check for Nars for what type of reasons, his beat selection or whatever, but the, his influence can still be seen all over the place and he, he's a good rapper how he might not I might not mention him in my top five mm-hmm. but he is also one of the guys that i was like oh, it's a Nos- yeah I'm gonna check the Nas album and see how and see how it is this
1: His album got nominated for a Grammys but, I then, don't <laughs> know. what is what is your top five my top five is ill though uh, I got Eminem, Absol. Absolut is like my diehard favorite rapper because I'm pretty sure Absol can destroy Nas in a battle or a Jay-Z if he wants because he is unrated as fuck. i or j Electronica. He even said it, Jay Le- Electronica, I'm ready. And he said and even mm-hmm. um how do you call them? The three new Benny the Butcher and um Griselda, Griselda. yep. He told them and they responded on his new song with Russ. Who wants what? I tell you to check that out because he's sending all the smoke, and that's what I love about TDE. The whole crew—they—they—they—they're they're, they're, they're not playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the mentality that you need. Um. So okay, Eminem, Epsol, Jay Z. Um. Is that a hard one? I want to put G-Eazy in there because his song structure is strong, but at the same time, he's not like my top five. He's more top ten. So I'm going to put there Eminem, Absolute (sighs) Jay-Z. Maybe myself. No,
0: (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, As an artist, you always got to say you're the best. There's no way you cannot find that you're not the best.
1: You know what it is? When Joey Badass' album drop, I think he's going to be top three. But I don't want to put him there yet. I'm waiting on that album because I'm pretty sure he's going to be the next big rapper, like in the Kendrick League. I don't want to put J. Cole in my top five. Kendrick either. It's hard because I got so many cats that I can put in those two positions. But Jay Z, Eminem, Epsilon are for sure. Then uh, i gonna put a Dutch guy as well, uh, Leipa. Because Leipa uh, was yeah. like in my top 10 when Sticks and Win and Jiggy were there. And then he came, album after album, he starts growing. And when you listen to him, he's talking not only street shit, but like business and life shit. Mm-hmm. Like you think, mm-hmm. why? I didn't, uh, I, you know, that you know when you write that line as a rapper and, and you never came up with it, but you could came up with it and he did it. But, um, I'm gonna put, yeah, Lil Wayne. Okay. Because he's also a punchline, dude. Okay. I think if somebody got punchlines after punchlines after punchlines, is him and he does it a long time. Right. So, Absol, Eminem, Jay-Z, Leiper, and Lil Wayne.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you heard it. You heard the top five. People who are listening and watching are probably going to be like, No! If you want
1: my top 200, Nas is the. there.
0: So, um, drop drop your, uh, your your top fives. On the, uh, s- send them to us.
1: Yo, one day I'm going to be famous and Nas going to find the shit. I'm done. <laughs> he's going to have a chat with you yeah we're gonna have a chat I like him again I like him as an MC but he ain't that he's not impressive so before people are gonna spam the comments watch what I said he's a good MC he's not a good rapper alright there's a difference in that <laughs>
0: well ladies and gentlemen well we'll see you uh, I'll see you guys at the uh, next episode of the Hip Hop Mind Professional yes and uh check us out then
1: Stay tuned or goodbye.
0: (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hip Hop Minded Professional. Make sure to subscribe at your favorite streaming platform so that you don't miss the next episode. And make sure to visit hiphopculturecoaching.com for more information on how hip hop helps your mindset.